amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello? Hi. Hi? Who's this? What's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie? What's the one where the cabin boy guy has a little tiny hand? Was that a scary movie too? Uh... Yeah, but I i mean, not a parody of scary movies, but... You remember he was licking the turkey's butthole? I know, <laughs> it, it was gross. Other than that, what's your favorite horror movie? Honestly, it's... Does Cabin Boy count? No, why would it? You're just naming something else with Chris Elliott in it. I don't know. That ice monster was pretty scary. Honestly, I've never even seen Cabin Boy. Stop! Are you serious? Oh my god, you wanna you wanna come over and watch it right now? Look, I'm just gonna level with you. What happened to your voice? I was using a voice changer. You should just make that your voice voice. I know, I know. I don't like my voice. I was actually calling to quiz you about scary movies. And then throw a chair through your window. And then I was going to stab you to death. You were going to throw a chair through my window? There's a door. Just walk through that like most people. Like, who enters a home that way? I just don't understand you. I feel like you're more worried about the chair through the window than you are me coming in and uh, murdering you. I don't know about any of that. Just please don't throw the patio furniture through my window. My parents will be miffed. Lady, are you serious? Do you not hear what I'm saying? Yes, I'm serious. It's Wayfair. It's very expensive furniture. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll just come through the door and kill you, I, I, I guess. Yeah, and take off your shoes. I honestly don't think you understand what I'm saying, and it's starting to scare me. And I'm honestly missing the opening of Cabin Boy. Well, excuse me. You're excused. Thank you. Goodbye. Jesus. Ah, fuck! This is Slasher Movie Podcast Now. An experiment in audio terror and flesh-feasting film fandom. Prepare yourself for your two hellish hosts, Michael Benton and Philip Shadburn, shall chainsaw their way through the slasher movie classics of yesteryear. From the blood-soaked shores of Crystal Lake to the even more blood-soaked bedrooms of Elm Street, this podcast leaves no factoid unmurdered. I'm Michael. I'm Philip. And you... 
<laughs> you went very I am Philip. Oh. I, uh, I love it. Okay. You want to redo it? Uh, I'm sure. Michael. I'm Phil. <laughs> Are you okay today? Oh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> You're gonna ask me. This is this is the training I, I, I Philip forgot, to be a human. I forgot part of the show. When someone asks you how you are doing, you must ask them, Michael. How are you doing? I'm fine. Don't get into my personal business on the show. Okay, we'll do that oh. afterwards. Um, uh, and, and we're '90s babies. We're grown men, but we were raised in the '90s. Mm-hmm. But we also wear diapers. Uh, me because of my nervous bowels, and Phil because of his recently diagnosed paraphilic infantilism. The hell is that? You, you know the thing where you like to get dressed up like a baby and have, uh, you know, dominatrixes ah, hit you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, feed your baby food. That adult-sized uh, uh, that high chair was expensive. Yeah, it was a real pet project during uh, lockdown for you. Yeah, I just got in the woodwork, and I was like, you know, it'd be cool. A huge <laughs> high chair, and it's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, mm, I guess I'll eat in it from now on. <laughs> So I just set it up in the living room. I dress like a baby. Mm-hmm, and sure. I watch reruns of The Simpsons I've seen a thousand times. We are not here to judge you. Okay. We're here to judge slasher movies. And Judy. <laughs> and Judy. <laughs> Judging Judy Dench. <clears throat> Do you want to apologize or not? For that, she should apologize for cats. <laughs> oh, that was oh god, they're gonna think that was fucking <laughs> written. That Never was, seen it, but bang, bang, bang. <laughs> you got it, Miss A. Uh, but that's besides the point. Let me get back to it. We're 90s babies, Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. N64, Cartoon Network, Lion King, and uh, Super Nintendo, Sega, Six Super pa- Nintendo, Sega Genesis. What's, what's that from? Uh, a poet. I don't understand. Seriously. <laughs> it's from Juicy, from no, from from the Notorious, from, from... Is he the guy that makes those, those pants? It's like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, or something. Mm-hmm. Huh? I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of 90s, six pence, none the richer, bro. Uh, okay. <laughs> Friends. Let me that music part. <laughs> Right? Tamagotchis. You remember those, Phil? The little digital key mm, I remember <laughs> I was at KB Toys. That's a 90s reference with my dad. And we both giggled at this fat kid who ran up to his dad and goes, Daddy, Daddy, they have Tamagotchis. Mm-hmm, that was me. Uh, oh. Yeah. I remember that. That was weird. That was a real kind of sound like Bobby Hill. Yeah. I had a, a speech impediment known as a Southern accent for years. Okay. <laughs> the 90s were fucking different, dude. Like, you know, we had a BJ Happy president who kidnapped Elian Gonzalez and sped off in a white Bronco down the 405. You remember the yeah. 90s, right? Macaulay Culkin was thwarting the cast of Goodfellas atop Mount Rushmore. Patrick Swayze shaking his bony little booty and Slobodan Milosevic's frowning fucking face. <laughs> The nineties were like this. The nineties were bad shit, bro. Yeah, you remember that? The TV shows, man, like the cartoon shows for kids, like Rocco's Modern Life. Even Rugrats was fucked up in a way. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, uh, Ren and Stimpy. But then that was the year. Well, the not the year of uh, the decade that had the greatest superhero animated shows. Mm-hmm. You had mm-hmm. X Men, Spider Man, Batman. And a few more, but I was the top. That that was my top three. Yeah. 
But uh, then you had like shows, of course, like The Simpsons, King of the Hill, South Park, and then you had, of course, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, Seinfeld. I don't know. Friends, I've never heard of it. Friends. Now, Friends was aw- Fran Drescher. Uh, <laughs> exactly, bro. You know, like we were in the you and I were in the fucking Fran Drescher fan club. Yeah, we would both dress as the nanny at conventions. We were like ten. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. But sadly, the '90s also saw the deaths of Princess Diana of Wales, Kurt Cobain. The second wave of bell bottoms, Kirstie Alley's mind, and last but not least, our beloved and dearly departed slasher movies. Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare came out in '91 to overwhelmingly negative reviews. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, that was the one with the Q-tip kid. Yes, yes, the hearing aid scene was fucking stupid ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that. Let me clean your ears. Well, no, no, it's the one where he took the kid's uh, uh, hearing aids out okay, and yeah. threw in, like, fleshy evil hearing aids yeah. that made everything louder. Yeah. You know? Jason went to hell in 93 and most people wished it was uh, permanent. Right? And Freddy had a new nightmare. Freddy had a new nightmare. He got his groove back. I No. <laughs> no, uh, you're say, saying... The slasher genre crashed hard in the late 80s. Halloween had fallen to bits. Freddy and Jason had become as a part of the pop culture zeitgeist as hair metal and MJ. Speaking of that, have you ever seen the time Jason was on Arsenio Hall? No. How was? How did that go? <laughs> okay. Hold Didn't on. talk at all. The term deranged sociopath... <laughs> ...gets thrown around a lot by the media, but... It really applies to my next guest. Starting today, you can see him in Friday the 13th, Part 8. Jason Takes Manhattan. Please welcome Jason. How are you? He's not a big talker. Even though I'll say he's a he's a he's a more talkative guest somehow than Robert De Niro. Heyo! You know what I've noticed? I see all your movies, man. And you know what I've really noticed? You're angry. Look, here's the thing. We're so used to it that Jason was everywhere. But I gotta say, it is disappointing to see this fucking killer. Mm-hmm. Just in this stupid comedy bit on on Arsenio. Yeah. With like the uh, late night, like here comes uh, the guest music, but the but they're like, let's make it scary too. And Freddie had gotten to the point in the 80s where he was a legitimate VJ on MTV. Barry Manilow! No, 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 no. No, you don't, sister. Not tonight. Welcome to Elm Street, my pretties. I dare you to take a nap during the next 60 minutes. Why? Because there's video coming up from ZZ Top, ducking. In fact, uh, a couple guys from the band said they might drop by if they're not Freddy Cats. And if you do fall asleep, you may never wake up. Let's get started with a little blood. In fact, too much blood. 
How corny is that, dude? Next is Slayer's Rain and Blood. No, I'm just, next up is, you know, she's you so... You Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sure. It's going with blood. Oh, you no, know, actually, it was MTV in the 80s, so it would have just been more like, you know, and next up, it's hip to be square <laughs> and dead. Yeah, boo ha ha Time after time. <laughs> You'll die. Yeah, here's... Uh, Aha! I <laughs> killed you with my knife hand. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, dude. It's so stupid. By the 90s, slashers were as fucking dead as their teenaged victims. You know what I mean? Like, it was... Look, it was time for a fresh take on the genre. I think the country could agree at the time. We were like, look, I'm done with all of this ridiculous. Like, Freddy hanging out. Right, shooting baskets with you know fucking Harlem Globetrotters. He had his own series. <laughs> yeah, Jason hanging ten on the surfboard, <laughs> bro, <laughs> on uh, Crystal Lake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who better? No, it was, it was definitely time for a fresh take on the genre. Enter Kevin Williamson. He is a boss and a driving force for the wiser, more self-aware, nerd-literate horror thrillers of the mid-90s mm-hmm. onwards, right? He wrote Scream 1, the 2. Faculty. The Faculty. He wrote Scream 1, 2, and 4 as well uh, as um, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah. right? Which I've never seen either, besides like the scene where they hit him with the car. Besides oh, we're that. doing that. We're going oh, to be doing totally, that movie, and totally. guess what? I, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember loving it, dude. I think you might enjoy it. Yeah. It's a pretty fun slasher. It's got Ryan Phillippe. Well, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know who that is, but it's got Ryan Phillippe. Gorge. Gorge. <laughs> gorge. Uh, gorge alert. <laughs> gorge alert. Wait, what? Are we going down a gorge? Is this Thelma and Louise? No, I'm about to gorge on some fucking prime... Felipe, dude. All right. You know what I'm talking about, bro? Ron Philippi. But in the early 90s, Kevin Williamson was just another struggling screenwriter out in old Hollyweird. His first script he ever wrote um, and sold was Teaching Mrs. Tinkle. Tingle. <laughs> tingle. Sometimes it tingles when you tinkle. <laughs> Stupid. I'm sorry. Mrs. Tingle. Oh. <laughs> Mrs. Tinkle. Teaching Mrs. Tinkle was the original draft, and Hollywood was like, we don't want this. This is too yeah. weird. <laughs> uh, this is pee porn. <laughs> this is pee porn. Years ahead of its time, though. Yeah. Like, pee porn now, it's like, what else you got? You know what I mean? The president does pee porn. Yeah. You don't have, like, you know, but in the 90s, pee porn was fresh, bro. Uh, teaching Mrs. Tingle, I mean. Uh, that was the one with Helen Mirren, you know, Katie Holmes. It's also his only directing credit. It was all right. It's fine. It's a, it's an all right movie. You know, it's kind of a thriller more than a horror. It's not a slasher or anything. Yeah, it was one of those that would come on, like, at night on, like, Showtime or whatever, or, like, yeah, HBO. And you, yeah, yeah. I'd catch some of them and be like, I gotta play Sega. Yeah, exactly. I gotta play Sega. Sega. <laughs> but he sold that. Then nothing. Okay? Nothing. Right, he goes broke again, struggles to get a foot back in the door. Then, much like Robbie Blotch with Psycho, he sees a news story that caught his attention. August 24th, 1990, Gainesville, Florida. Christina Powell and uh, Sonja Larson, two freshmen at the University of Florida, they're in their apartment. 
More than likely, they're asleep. When a man breaks in, sexually assaults them, stabs them to death, mutilates their corpses, and in the case of Christina Powell, removes her nipples to keep as trophies. He also posed their bodies in sexual positions. When authorities discovered their bodies three days later, they knew they had a serial killer on the loose in this sleepy college town. The same day police discovered the bodies of Powell and Larson, the madman struck again. Krista Hoyt, another student studying to become a crime lab technician, is studying before work at her apartment when the killer breaks in, violently assaults her, stabs her to death, and decapitates her. Again, her body is posed in a sexual position. Her head was found prominently displayed on her bookshelf. A day later, lifelong friends Tracy Palas and Manuel Taboda are murdered in their apartment less than two miles from the other victims. A panic in the town ensued. Students fled back home. The national media outlets descended on Gainesville. The police flooded the streets. The circus had come to town. The media dubbed the madman the Gainesville Ripper. Two weeks later, and 40 miles south, Danny Rawling robbed a Winn-Dixie in Ocala. A high-speed chase ensued, and he was apprehended and arrested. Once in custody, police discovered that Rawling was from Shreveport, Louisiana, where a triple homicide had occurred years earlier. One of the victims had been posed in a sexual position, just like many of the victims in Gainesville. DNA left at the Louisiana crime scene was a match with Danny Rawlings, and the serial killings that rocked the University of Florida were solved. Danny Rawlings, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper, confessed and was executed by lethal injection 2006. And so, yeah, Kevin Williamson had pretty much, he had found the story, right? It piqued his interest especially the violent nature of the homicides. Super violent. Like OCD violent. In a sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there is definitely a thing of that with serial killers. You know, there's a compulsion. Yeah, there's a, and, yeah it's like I've never heard of just a guy that's like, that would just like like stab him. Well, no, there was the son of Sam who would just like shoot uh, the people and like leave. That There was no weirdness. Besides, he talked to a black lab. Yeah, who we thought was Satan, telling yeah. him what to do. Well, hey, also, also, he had a particular type of victim that he went for, which was uh, brunette women with uh, short hair in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. But Williamson uh, was and is a slasher movie fanatic, right? He's a stan, just like us and our deranged listeners. And so he set out to write one of the best slasher movies ever. Today's movie, Scram. Scram. Oh, my God. But first, Phil, fuck a Kevin Williamson. You and I are also big slasher movie stands. Mm-hmm. We should be. We have a podcast about it. I don't know if you've noticed. But if you and I were um, Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard, first, which one would we be? You're sort of moody, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to let you do the... I'm going to let you because I know, like... In the past, when I would compare, it, it was always wrong or the opposite. So I want you to do it to where I get the, I would rather have your opinion than mine to wow. compare and contrast. I Okay. I mean, I am a very opinionated man. You know this, Phil. Mm-hmm. When I start talking, I'll shut the fuck up very easily. All right. I have hard okay. opinions and that's what makes me unique. 
<laughs> um, I'd say I'm Skeet Ulrich just because I am. I'm a. Let's be honest. I'm a teen heartthrob. You got that bad boy look. I got that bad boy look. Thank you. You have better hair than me. So that's, uh, yeah, you know. But hey, you know, you're you're uh, you're you know you, you you know Matthew Lillard's got stuff going for him. He was shaggy for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he like, was even a in fucking the animated, reggae so. rapper. That's amazing, you know? Yeah. So I think you've shaggy. got that going for you. Um, uh, but look, I'm clearly Skeet Ulrich. Let's just yeah. get that out of the way. Also, I don't know if it's Ulrich or Ulrich. But I, think, I think we're both Randy Meeks. All right, fine. To be honest, yes. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, that's so true. I want to be Randy Meeks. Dude, I've spent my whole life trying to not be Randy Meeks and to try to be Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. And to be honest, at the end of the day, we're just I'm just a when I'm looking at you, I'm I'm Randy Meeks in a mirror. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're the other Randy Meeks Man, in another yeah. mirror looking at another Randy Meeks. I'm the Randy Meeks experience. I don't understand. Jamie Kennedy. Right. Experience. It was a show and the question I've got really is who knows more about slashers? Uh, we don't know. We don't really we know. We have to find out. So let's do a quick quiz, courtesy of PlayBuzz.com. Are you a slasher movie expert? Ready? Okay, I'm 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 nervous because what if we both suck? Okay, well I don't ever suck. Okay, at anything. Okay, except for wieners. <laughs> okay, here we go. I was waiting on that. <laughs> the wiener button. In Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whose grave were they going to visit? Her grandfather. I also would have said that. Well, I know. Ding. Correct. Quote, he's a bad man. He's a really bad man. Is said about which one of these characters? Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface. Again, he's a bad man. He's a really bad man. I'm, I'm going to go with Kruger. I'm also going to say Kruger. It was Leatherface. I don't remember that. Okay, well, I, I don't care. You're wrong. Okay? Okay, well, <laughs> dang. What year was the movie Halloween released? Now, I know this one. 78. Ding. Correct. In Friday the 13th, the final chapter, that's part four, Phil. Mm -hmm. How does Tommy's mom die? Hit by lightning, fell off a cliff, found by one of the characters drowned in the bathtub. No one knows for sure. No one knows for sure. Ding. Correct. Yeah, because I'm always like, wait, what? Johnny Depp had his acting debut in which of these horror movies? Hell Knight? Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Madman. A, a Nightmare night on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ding. What Friday the 13th movie has the most nudity? Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. Friday the 13th, Part 2. Or Friday the 13th, Part 3. Three. Ah, Final Chapter. Really? Yeah, that's when we see Jason's boobs. Okay, it's like wait, and Christmas Glover's like, I don't get it. Yeah, and then he's sucking him for you know. Well, he's, you know, he's weird. <laughs> Drew Barrymore, hey, keep your keep your head up for this one. Drew Barrymore plays which character in Scream? Sydney, Kathy, Tatum, Casey. Casey. 
Hey, you did see the movie today. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I like, yeah, my favorite character was uh, Sean and Marlon Wayans. That's the wrong one! In what movie does the killer wear an owl's head? Madman, Hell Knight, Stage Fright, or Curtains? I think it's Curtains. What do you think? I want to go with Curtains. You're just saying that because you don't know. <laughs> okay, well, neither one of us knew. It's Stage Fright. <laughs> Final question. What or who inspired the character of Freddy Krueger? Newspaper articles, a stranger in the street, kitchen knife set, high school best friend. Newspaper article. It's a stranger in the street. I thought it was about the like the whole dreams that the kid, like the, uh, like the Cambodian kid. That's what having. gave him the idea for in dreams. Uh, but the character of Freddy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It comes from when Wes Craven was a little boy living back in he was, uh, yeah. Ohio. And looking out the window. He was looking out the window, and there was a burned uh, goblin out there with knife hands. <laughs> There's a scamp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. You're bad. I know. <laughs> and let's tally it up. Uh, I, I didn't keep track. I win. Okay. <laughs> uh I want to thank the audience. I want to thank my parents for a lot for not being there a lot. So I just kind of got into these awful, gory movies to, to you know spend the time as a boy. I want to thank uh, myself. What are you gonna do with your prize money? I'm probably gonna go to Dollywood. Hell, damn yeah! Hey, goddamn right, man. You know, see, if you ride one of them titty cup rides. <laughs> <laughs> titty cup rides. <laughs> Okay, so look, what do you say we take a quick break, and when we come back, we're getting into 1996's Scream. Let's do it. And we're back. A dinosaur story. <laughs> Speaking of 90s movies. Yeah. <laughs> you remember we're back? I do. It was actually, the. it was. It had a pretty dark tone close to the end. I don't remember. What was it? Because, hold on, real quick, the movie is about a bunch of dinosaurs that somehow or another come back to modern day. Yeah, Earth. and they become friends with, like, some rich girl and an orphan kid, like, the, like the street tough. <laughs> sure. And then there's the guy who brought them back, I think, was, like, the good professor. Then his uh, uh, brother was, like, this weird glass eye kind of like evil professor evil professor had a circus and he's like i'm going to exploit these dinosaurs and make them scary but we don't want to be scary yeah we're big nice dinosaurs yeah even though to be honest those dinosaurs would have ripped that orphan to shreds dude yeah, I mean, I've seen the documentary Jurassic Park. Like, we've said this before. We're not here to spin bullshit for, for our audience. No, this is a no-spin zone. Exact. Thank you. We should totally trademark that. Yeah, we should. Okay. We should get, like... We should mail that Coffee mugs and, like, like floor mats. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. I'm down. Okay. You fucking penhead. All right. <laughs> oh. Whereas I'm a patriot. What kind of dinosaur would we be? Just real quick, I've always want Like, look... I, I want to say I'd be a velociraptor or some gangster-ass shit like mm, that. Yeah. But I just know deep down I'd be a chill-ass iguanodon, you know? What was that? 
It's a fucking chill ass dinosaur. What was the turtle looking one with like the spiky tail and the spikes on his uh, back, and he just ate leaves all day and slept? That'd be you. I want that one. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not you. Okay, oh. Let's be honest. You, you're baby from the dinosaur TV show. All right. Speaking I'm of, cool with that. Speaking of dark ending, that was the star of the show. <laughs> We're all gonna die. <laughs> okay, so 1996 is Scream, directed by horror maestro himself. Wes Craven. Phil, what is Scream about? Okay. Teens and town folk are terrorized by an unknown mask entity. Sound familiar? Uh, it's it's not Michael Myers. Or is it? <laughs> okay, you threw in a um, little mystery. Well, like most of the movie was like, dun, 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 who is it going to be? It's, oh, dude, this yeah. movie is definitely a whodunit. It is a who did that. Yeah. Right? Um, who's in this? Alrighty, well, we have Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott. Actually, that is, uh, Nev is French for uh, Naive Soup. Okay, uh, Naive <laughs> Soup plays Sidney Prescott. Uh, indie professional wrestler extraordinaire David Arquette plays Deputy Dwight Dewey Riley. A.K.A. The Other Arquette. Courtney Cox, the sister of Dewey Cox, plays Gail Weathers. <laughs> That's so true. Um, Matthew... Lillard, Lil Matt, plays Stu Mocker. One third of the infamous Without a Paddle Boys. Yay. <laughs> you have Rose McGowan as Tatum. Oh, I, I was about to say Tatum. O'Neal. O'Neal. <laughs> as Tatum Riley. <laughs> They're both Irish. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, did you know Rose, she wants to be in a new scream as Tatum's avenging twin? At this point, you could write it in. Sure. Okay. Well, you have uh, Clay Pigeon, drummer of Metallica, plays Billy Loomis. Skeet Ulrich. Well done, filthy. Thank you. I'm on a roll. Uh, Jamie Kennedy Experience plays Randy Meeks. Ick Ben, I'm Randy. Ick Ben. (laughs) Uh, W. Earl Brown plays Kenny the cameraman for Gail. Funny thing is, that's the same guy from There's Something About Mary, who was Warren. That's right. Yeah. 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 Warren's Yvonne. Also, I, I like how his name is Kenny, and he just he looks like Kenny Powers in the movie. Kenny Powers. Mm. I don't know. Who okay. That is. Well, he looks like Danny McBride. Danny McBride. I don't know. Who okay. That is. Jo- <laughs> Joseph Whip. As Sheriff Burke, he's known for playing cops in a lot of movies. Uh, he appeared as a cop in Nightmare on Elm Street. He played a guard in Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, Jay Whiff. Yeah. <laughs> as his friends call him. And uh, we have uh, uh, Liev Schreiber. We have Leave Schreiber as Cotton Weary. He is. He better be weary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch killed Sydney's mom. Mm, or, or did, did he? he? Alright. We have Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker. She, That's you right. might remember her from E.T. and Firestarter, Never Been Kissed. And currently the host of the Drew Barrymore show on CBS. Which Check I, it out. Which I, yeah. If you want. <laughs> I've not heard such good things. And last but not least, we have... Roger L. Jackson as Ghostface, the voice. That's right. I want to say real quick, uh, Skeet Ulrich, right? Mm-hmm. I wrote a joke for his name. 
Okay. And I know you did one. I loved it and stuff, so I'm not Thank trying to you. steal your thunder, but that's Skeet Ulrich, Little John's favorite fluid. <laughs> I would think so. That and crunk juice. That's, yeah, and lean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, let's talk Wes Craven again. There's a line in the opening scene where Casey is on the phone with her soon-to-be murderer, or Urs, right? Yes. The first nightmare on Elm Street was good, but the rest sucked. I was like, I beg to differ. But that's a shot across the bow. Wes Craven directed the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just so, yeah. shitting on the other one. Hello. Hello. This yes. is Drew Barrymore. Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> How great would that have been? It's been great. He's like, oh, Drew Barrymore? Breaking the fourth wall. Okay, I dig. I Me like, like it. You know, I'm not going to kill you now. You want to go out for a coffee? She's, no, bye. Oh, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> she, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was hanging up the phone, but I hadn't hung up entirely. And I heard you say you want to kill me. Uh, so why'd you dial it again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. That is not how you make friends and keep friends. Uh, That's Drew Barrymore advice. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that be funny, though, she gets a call like that, some sub stoner calls her during her show, hey, Casey, who's this? It's Casey, oh, I'm sorry, that movie that I was on set for two days to do? (laughs) Yeah. 25 years ago, I don't remember. I didn't really meet anybody. (laughs) I met met Chris Naven or whatever. They made me wear a wig and I could have easily cut my hair in that way. Yes? I told you not to hang up on me. What do you want? To talk. Well, dial someone else, okay? Listen, asshole! No, you listen, you little bitch. If you hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish, understand? (sighs) Yes, I also disagree with you. I think Friday the 13th... Dude, fucking Dream Warriors is amazing. Two and three... Two and three. Honestly, I kind of like them I all like until uh, the sequels until, until the nineties. Yeah, I don't like New Nightmare. I just like the Q-tip part. But yeah, I love I love one. I love two for different reasons, probably yeah. than you. <laughs> I love three because Dream Warriors is just sick yeah, shit. That Dawkins song. It, he, well, yeah, but also I mean, it was you know, just, it was like an action movie for a slasher. Patricia Arquette yeah. got her start there. Speaking of the Arquette, you know, Larry Fishburne was in. I mm-hmm. think he was still Larry at the time, by the way. Yeah, and then you brought in Heather Langenkamp. Mm-hmm. And she's great in it. The psychologist who uh, the teams up with her, the guy who looks a lot like Bill Maher's brother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dying in dreams. Okay. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? He's just okay. He's just above all of it, dude. Yeah. Now, Wes Craven had a pretty disappointing post Nightmare on Elm Street run. Like a lot of flops. A sci-fi film that nobody saw. Shocker. Which look, it has its moments. But then he made The People Under the Stairs, right? It's a pretty great horror flick, as I recall. And it made some money, right? For a budget of $6 million, it pulled back $30 million. Five times its budget. Not fucking bad. And then he made <sighs> New Nightmare. We just got to touch on it because this leads to Scream. Look, 
We're obviously going to eventually be getting to New Nightmare as we go through the series, but spoiler alert, I really don't like New Nightmare. I have never liked I don't New either. Nightmare. It's my least favorite. I just like as a kid, like watching like I don't get it, so wait, like it's kind of meta. It's yeah. kind of but also I didn't I didn't even like the new makeup for Freddy or that they gave him that trench coat. Mm. I didn't think the trench coat like the trench coat's kinda cool, but it's it's I don't know, man. They it, tried updating him I so just, much. Well, it's like when they're like, Hey, what if Jason becomes like a space Slat, like has armor shit on like an armor oh. mask like, oh come on y'all shouldn't even send him the fucking space that was Look, stupid we'll eventually get to Jason we X will. but it's not going to be right after like <laughs> we get through fucking two through eight you know what mm-hmm. I mean because Jason goes to hell sucks and Jason X is shitty yeah, right. but it's kind of fun too because it's so goddamn bad. Uh, but you can see what Craven was going for with New Nightmare, right? A fourth wall breaking look at the film industry, and again, it was kind of a flop. I don't think it even made twenty million dollars at the box office. And the thing is, Scream is everything he wanted to say with a New Nightmare, only more so, right? The self awareness, it's it's self referential. It, it you know it's it's a meta slasher film. It's fantastic. It rejuvenated the genre. Now, Phil, you had never really seen Scream until mm-hmm. uh, this past week, getting ready for this. Yeah, besides like clips as a kid, like why, just why, why not surfing channels? I don't know, man. You know what? As a kid, I I like slashers, but it it was sure. always like eighties, you know. So like anything after divide. that, it it just it just didn't seem they weren't as good to me until Scream. That's a big divide in the slasher movie community is eighties or nineties slasher films, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people just want to stick eighties. A lot of people just grew up in the 90s they just like those more yeah i mean i like both but uh i i guess when i think slashers i do think late 70s into the 80s absolutely yeah was it because it was too popular because i mean scream was huge dude i can kind of get a backlash i mean yeah if i was like a teenage like slasher fan but i was like eight yeah, good point. 96, you know, I was born you in 87. Your, you weren't sitting there with your arms crossed, just like, hmm, like I've seen nine, this done so. a bunch. Yeah. Oh, really? We're doing that now? Scream? Okay, yeah, scream. Like, I don't like this. I want more Dunkaroos <laughs> and Ghostbusters. <laughs> Look, I know we normally do this after, but I have to ask, Phil, what was the budget and how much did this make? Because we need to talk about how big Scream was. Like, when Scream came out, it blew the fucking lid off... The summer. Everybody was like, holy shit, slashers are back. Mm-hmm. So how much did it, how, how, how much was, how much, what was the budget? It was 14 to 15 million. Uh, Damn. But the box office was 173 million. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I remember my mom took me to see it in theaters. It had already been out for a few weeks. Uh, but the theater was sold out. I'm talking jam-packed. It was like a horror movie party in there, dude. It was fantastic. Like, teenagers were like, ah! Everybody was screaming, and girl, it was definitely a date movie. It was definitely a Friday night date movie. It was so fucking big. They made a series of parody films based on how big this movie was. Scary movie. Fun yeah. fact, did you know this? The original title for Scream? Scary movie. Scary movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of uh, your mom taking you to see Scream, see, my mom, when it came to, like, 
like she wouldn't have taken me to see that, but she would take me to see like Conair. She took me to see Beavis and Butthead do America, My which dad I took thought me to was strange because she was like the she was like Maude Flanders. Very buttoned-down Christian lady. Yeah, but yeah. I guess if it's cartoons, it's okay, because I was, like, allowed to watch The Simpsons, you know, and, sure. like, South Park and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Again, I had 90s parents where they were just kind of like, ah, eh, what the fuck ever. Yeah, like, we have some, like, morals or whatever, but we're, ugh. I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Roger L. Jackson. Hometown hero. He's from Hotlanta. I don't know if you know that, I baby. know, I did some research. His voice is so fucking pitch perfect yeah anna kendrick would star in those okay that's how pitch perfect and the guy from workaholics (laughs) i don't understand he's in it pitch perfect yeah oh i never saw adam i just watched slasher movies bro Uh, okay yeah i checked his credits on imdb did you know he did the voice of the translating device in tim burton's mars attacks for many years i've been refining a translating computer the results are not perfect but this all green of skin. 800 centuries ago, their bodily fluids include the birth of half-breeds. How many centuries did he say? 800, sir. Self-determination of the cosmos. For dark is the swathe that mows like a harvest. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Anyways. What does that mean? Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson are so smart. The character at the beginning, again, you would think with it being Drew Barrymore that she's the lead. Mm-hmm. And look, she is front and center in the original poster in the trailer. Yeah. Killed off in the first 12 minutes. Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, in Psycho, which which was not 12 minutes, but... Same thing. They all took their... They all took that from Psycho. Yeah. But same thing that he did in Nightmare on Elm Street, where you think it's going to be Tina's movie. Mm-hmm. And then Tina's killed in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. You know? It lets you know right away. It's so effective. It's kind of like the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, where you just feel like no one is safe in this. Yeah. Rules, are, there are no more rules here. The first season, I cried when, uh, I didn't cry, but I was very <laughs> upset. Yeah, I weeped, man, I'm a puss. I was like, ah, you're already going to kill off Ned Stark? Jesus Christ. Oh my God, that was nuts. Again, that's one of those things when you see that, it's like nobody's safe in the show. Yeah. And that voice changer, it was like the talk boy Kevin had in Home Alone, Lost <laughs> in New York, where everybody fucking wanted that thing. Did you have a talk boy? Yes, I did. I and did it, too. It, it was it, amazing. It, it, I, I thought it was a disappointing piece of shit. Oh, no, no, no. When, okay, so this was in the day of when you either had a cord phone or a cordless. You had a few, like, in the house. My dad would be, like, on, like, would be on the phone with somebody, and I would grab the other phone and grab my talk boy and record it. And then put it on like the chipmunk voice or the really scary voice. Like, Dad, this is you. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you spying on me? <laughs> and then he busted out I'm the belt. I'm talking to my brother. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's death is so horrifying. Like, a, a, dude, when it's closing in on her, she is mere feet away from Ma and Pa Barrymore, and she can't scream. <laughs> How ironic is that? That is so yeah, 90s. That, that, 
Yeah. I was like, wow. <gasps> and they just like walk in the door. They're like at least like what? and they're like poopy ten feet away. Yeah, it's exactly. like poopy kins. Can you check and see? It's like, huh? What's that? You know? It's like you didn't. You couldn't see at the corner of your eye. You Why know, do you I'm always? Do I'm that. sorry. I'm that person. I can't Look, help I it. I enjoy d- it when I, I watch it, but you, you start don't to think like movies. We've, I don't. We've esta- I don't either. I hate that we have sponsors. I hate <laughs> that we have to do this fucking thing because I didn't even watch this. I asked my what? buddy. My buddy did the. I got this off cliffsnotes.com <laughs> I paid a nerd to do this for okay. me <laughs> alrighty hey, shut up if you don't do it I'll beat you up I'll give but, you a strawberry but yeah and then the, he kills her he kills her off and much like the Gainesville Ripper her corpse is prominently displayed gutted yep. hanging by a rope it is it, dude it's terrifying and the mothers scream oh my that is Spine tingling, dude. That is so terrifying. It's an amazing opening. It is one of the iconic horror movie openings. Yeah. It really is, dude. Like, it's just such an amazing cold open. Yeah, the movie's called Scream for a reason. People forget that Skeet Ulrich, he was the next big thing from like from like 1996 to like 1996. He was yeah, as good as it gets. As, yeah, I was going to say he was in as good as it gets. And, and at all. Yeah, that's, that's extra all movies. I know, man. Yeah. Well, you know, he was definitely, like in this movie, he's definitely doing a Johnny Depp impression. Like, and, oh, a pr- yeah. and a pretty good one. He's doing like the, I'm sort of bad and I've got those puppy dog eyes and he's got yeah. that, you know, that like, that sort of... The fo- handsome piece of shit. Yes, and he's got like that sort of faux moody 50s greaser meets college alt-rock naval gazer rocker White vibe. t-shirt, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like skinny twink body. Mm-hmm. And he's just like... Works oh, on no. cars. Yeah, but he also like cries a lot. <laughs> because of his dad. Because, well, you know, just a lot of shit's just so... He just, he's just feeling a lot right now, yeah. you know? The way the world is, you know. It's whatever emo... He's proto emo. Yeah, he's yeah. proto emo. It's whatever emo was then. Proto emo. Yeah. <laughs> I proto just said emo. It. <laughs> Brian Eno. He was also in The Craft, a fantastic horror movie with Feruza Bulk. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it also had Neff Campbell. I. Yes, Neff Campbell's also in that. But what happened to Feruza Bulk? I haven't seen her in anything. She was so you know, fucking cool. Yeah, besides, it, there was American History X, there was Waterboy. That's right. Yes, that's right. Really? I After that, I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure she's doing stuff. I just, I would like yeah. it if she was in a lot more shit, dude. I'm sure she's got some more, you know, good, she's probably on some cool TV show we just don't know about. Yeah, and I have no idea. It. Yeah, she's probably doing TV. Yeah, she might be on like a TV show now. But yeah, let's talk Nev for a minute. Uh, this movie first off she's great in this i just mm-hmm. gotta say neff campbell's amazing in this this movie does a cool thing in that the backstory is not about the slasher right it's all about her character and the trauma of her past right very ahead of its time i think so it's not like just trying to explain how ghostface got to be ghostface it was like well you know like you know people were like fucking me and then like <laughs> yeah I, it's drowned. not the usual like yeah. he, he he was the outcast like, poor kinda. me and now i'm killing everybody yeah, yeah no instead it's really just the focus is on nev mm-hmm. and this horrifying horrifying murder of her mother that happened a, a couple of years before it's like small town misery secrets rumors yeah 
the 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 usual like small town kind of thing. Yeah, I but mean, they're like, like saying stuff like her mom was a slut. Yeah, you know, and raped and murdered by Cotton Weary. It's such an intense backstory, dude. Yeah. She's a great final girl. She plays all of it so well. Now, I've heard people say that she's not technically a final girl because she's surrounded by like three or four people at the end of the movie who are yeah. totally still alive. Fine, but you know. Yeah, if you want to get technical about it. Yeah. I mean, well, also then, you know, well, what is Courtney Cox? She's alive at the end. Yeah. You know, she takes a beating, but she's alive at the end. So they share the final girl thing. Like it's the final girls, you know? Yeah. That's what's great about this movie. Unity. Unity. Operation now Ivy. More, now more than ever. Yes. Unity. The criticism of slasher films is that they're sexist and just gore and tits for wayward boys. <laughs> yeah. And that's not always wrong. But a lot of them also show like main female characters fending off murderous mm-hmm. men. And this is one of the best for strong female leads. I mean, because you also have Rose McGowan in this. Oh, yeah. Who I had a crush on in the 90s. Still do, I, How w- could I would say. You not? How could you not? She's gorgeous. Especially in the 90s, man. Oh. You know? She, she, oh, Jawbreaker. Uh, jawbreaker, yeah. Oh, man. She's great. She's I like, yeah. I, I, I she, like that movie. Yeah. I, did, I, I You know, I haven't seen that in a while. Was that good? Does that hold up? When was the last time you saw it? Oh, God. Early 2000s. <laughs> okay, I was going to say. When I was like, I guess I'll watch it. She plays Tatum, uh, Sydney's bestie. Tatum... Kind of has a Heather's vibe. Do you know what I mean by that? Okay, yeah. She's hip. She's got cool language and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she bounces around. She's very, very... She's the cool girl. She's very, yes, and very stylized as mm-hmm. a character. You know, she also kind of dresses like like a hipster version of Scooby-Doo characters. Like a 90s hipster uh Daphne. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, she's got like the blonde bob. She's rocking and yeah. stuff. You know, she's. I mean, she's fucking amazing in this. The red skin tight, like track pants looking yeah. and stuff. When she's like, "Oh, please don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel." You know, she's it's it's like, such a self aware movie. This yeah. movie's fucking great. God, oh god, I love this movie so. Much. I'm so glad that you liked it because there's so many ways it could have gone. Oh yeah, you could have watched. Been it. like, this is corny as fuck. That's what I mean. But yeah. instead, you were like, "No, bring on the." Corn. I like corn. It's like watching scary movie. Well, of course, it's you know that's. It was. Did you know it was originally titled Scary, scary movie? movie? Yeah. <laughs> I think we said that twice. Yeah. Whoever loses her, I spit on your garage. Lose the outfit. If Sydney sees it, she'll flip. Oh, you want to play psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mister Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Cut, Casper. That's wrap. The scene is so well shot with jilted angles, Dutch angles, the camera moving all over the place. She names him Ghostface right there. It's fantastic. And who would have known garage doors, which... Kill him. Yeah, yeah, from my experience, always just get stuck. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought they were just built to crush necks? I guess so. I mean, I, yeah. No, I know that. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. I don't like it. This movie's it. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Down. 
Van Halen. Yeah. Van Morrison. That is so great. The parents come home and the dad goes, ah, my fucking garage door. Oh, that is such a dad concern. (laughs) You so bitch about that first. I better get the WD-40 Tato, quit playing in the damn, you broke the door again. Quit playing dead girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I done raised no dead girl. I raised a final girl. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I do think she might actually be dead. Oh, I think she's, oh shit, never mind. Oh, I am honestly a terrible father. Yeah, I just, you know. That will sit with me for a while. <laughs> the meta-ness is such a 90s thing that we never mm-hmm. got over. Like, everything now is just, everything's so self-aware. And okay. everything's just, you know, just everybody looks at the camera and says, can you believe yeah. this? You know? Wah, yes. Wah. Everything is that now. And I'd like it if we return to a more innocent time where we were just like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah. How will this movie unfold? Mrs. Doubtfire? Yes. Oh, <laughs> are they going to figure out I'm rather their father? Let's talk Matthew Lillard for a minute. Yeah. Because Matthew Lillard, I'm going to just say I'm not... Look, I saw Scream in theaters in 96, so Matthew Lillard in this movie sets such a high bar for such a neurotic, goofy you know, James Carey-esque type Like a figure. weird kind of like cool guy. He's like, but goofball, goofball, funny as shit. Yeah. High energy. The big mouth and the tongue out. Oh, th- there is nobody else on earth who looks like Matthew Lillard. He looks like, in that movie, he looks like he loves the offspring. He looks like he's in the offspring, you know? Yeah, he's Chester or Noodles or whatever. No, he's the bassist. Okay. Ain't nobody going to be Noodles but Noodles. All right, so he's Angel Hair. He's Angel Hair. <laughs> A pasta joke. Ah. Phil, I tip my hat but wag my finger. Okay. Shout out to the Colbert Report. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's great in this. I mean, honestly, where is... Again, I got to say, where is his fucking Oscar for that role? Because it's it's iconic. It is... Him, Rose McGowan, and Deputy Doofy, which we're gonna get Basically. to, we're going to get to that in a second, are the three best characters for my money in this movie. Oh, I love Dewey. Oh, Dewey's great, but first, let's get to another great female character, Gail Weathers. Yep. And remember, this is 1996, one year after the OJ verdict, right? The Menendez, the Menendez brothers case was a few years earlier. This was the birth of the 24-hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. And she's playing this star journalist, best-selling author, great hair, fashionable, perfect media monster. And she plays it with great aplomb. She's, she uh, plays a great ice queen. She really does. Yeah. She really does. There's one part where Kenny is behind her and he, and he goes she's a goddamn bitch goddess or something it's like goddamn bitch goddess or the part when she's like Jesus Christ you can you not and he's like my name's not Jesus he had a few funny moments yeah oh yeah sure yeah. it's a great every character in, in this. his face with Tostitos every Tostitos for and real? Intamin's Donuts <laughs> god oh those fruit one, pies oh man oh man you're a fruit pie thank you <laughs> now let's talk about everybody's favorite how did they get together celebrity couple of the 90s and into the 2000s uh as they were known by the uh 
the old tabloids, mm-hmm. Dortney Arcox. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> you remember that joke from last week? No. I'm going to keep trying it. Keep trying. Courtney Cox was huge at this point. Were you a fan of Friends? No. Me neither. No, I was a Seinfeld guy. I never liked it much. There was this, yeah, there was that weird Friends versus Seinfeld thing, which looking back on, is, is like, these are just sitcoms. It's, Who cares? Why it's people- kind of the same show, but no one's a stand-up comedian in yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. and Friends, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, both yeah. go to coffee shops or cafes. Yeah, and they sit around and bitch about small Well, Seinfeld stuff. was cooler because they went to the diner. They went to the diner, and you they know, sat there, and they talked about- a BLT about- and a black coffee. No, no. That's what I would get. No, no. These are New York neurotics. They were eating, like, muffins and going on about, you know, a muffin can be filling. <laughs> she saw my penis was small. I said I got out the I got, yeah. I got out of the pool. I had shrinkage, Jerry. He said, "Well, whip it out. Let's see." Oh, well, let's like, see your cock. Like, <laughs> hey, Jerry, did you hear uh, George has a small cock? Okay. Well, no. Now you got to do a lane. Get out! <laughs> I knew that's all you were gonna have. You fucking piece of shit. Okay, look, <laughs> the dingo ate your baby. It's it's. I yeah, I could never get into it. I, I just to be honest, more than anything for friends, I just couldn't get on board with David Schwimmer. There's just something about it's like I'm a big neck with yeah. hair on top. You know, it's just like, all right, I get it. That's nice. I'm I have a horse face and I'm boring. And it's like, uh, well, get in line. Get in the yeah. boring horse face line. Get in the line. You know? Get in the line. Get in the line. Anyways, Courtney Cox met old Deputy Dewey, David Arquette. He's so damn great in this. He's yeah. funny. He's innocent. His G shucks energy. I felt so bad for him in the one scene where Rose McGow, uh, where Tatum just like calls him out for being like a mama's boy, like little bitch at the uh, at the and police he's just, precinct. Yeah, he's and, like, "What the fuck? I'm at my job. Yeah, Why like, would you do this Tatum, to me? What are you doing?" <laughs> I love you. I know I'm a grown man who's a police officer who also lives with his mother, but... Do you remember Deputy Doofy from Scary Movie? Yeah. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me just play the clip. Hi, Gail Hailstorm. Field reporter, hard story? Special Officer Doofy. Oh, hi, Doofy. Doofy, listen, is there a problem on campus? No comment. Okay. No comment. Okay. You know, you look awfully young to be a police officer. You know, I'm 25 and a half years old. Ooh, that yeah, age well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right, anywho. Courtney Cox and David Arquette met on the set of Scream, and it was good night, nurse. They fell madly in love. The tabloids were apoplectic. Or is it apoplectic? I don't know. Don't ask me about words. Apoplectic. I didn't What's ask you? you. I asked my own brain that talks back to me when I'm thinking aloud. Shut up. I think it's apoplectic. Right in. Let us know. Miriam or Webster. Or Wagnalls. Uh, no, I'm not doing Funkin' Wagnalls. Fuck the both of them. What a terrible name. No, I mean, I I got I got a Funkin' Wagnalls on my bookshelf. I know you don't have bookshelves. Yeah, I got a fucking Wagnall. <laughs> Why is the... And here's what the tabloids were saying. Why is this... Go- the tabloids went apoplectic... Why is this gorgeous woman shacking up with this stinky dumb idiot? It's an actual headline. They did the same thing though when Julia Roberts married Lyle Lovett. <laughs> Sometimes the hot chick goes for the doof. They go for the doof. There's Why something not? in the doof that they love. 
That's nice. That's not. I love nice. Don't not you love all of Hollywood nice? like has to be pretty. Pretty sometimes it's like eh. Sometimes it's like holy shit. But it's like well, it, it happens. And, and it also it evens out. Yeah, you know we can just have the pendulum stuck. It on It kind of shows not all people are shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. Yeah. Even though from everything I've heard, Lyle Lovett is a piece of shit. He could be. I don't no, know. I don't know. I've never heard anything uh, okay. about. Him. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there in the podcast world. <laughs> Just be like, Lyle Lovell? Oh, you didn't hear? He is a piece of... Lyle Lovell. Lyle Lovett. Whatever his name is. I don't love it, Lyle. Okay, so look, let's talk Jamie Kennedy as Randy for a second, the deputy doofy of the Kennedy dynasty. He's the voice of Williamson. He's the screenwriter's voice. That's what his character is there for, right? He's laying out the horror movie rules. Uh, Actually, uh, here's him holding court at the house party and explaining the rules of surviving a horror film. Only virgins can do that. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Uh, have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one. You can never have sex. Big no no! Big no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. This is 1996, okay? So it's a post-pulp fiction world. Films being produced around this time tried to ape Tarantino in one way or another. So, like, you have the cool hitman movies that were big, Two Days in the Valley, The Way of the Gun, shit like that. Uh, Yeah, what was the one with, like, Mark Wahlberg and some other guy? The big hit. That's yeah. With the, Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you're good. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right? And then you have the self-aware films, like Clueless, To Die For, and Scream. Movies where people talk directly to the audience, yeah. where they wink and nod a bunch, you know, it's sort of like hey, Scream. Yeah, Scream's got a lot of like, yes. you get what we're doing okay. here? Okay. This is a reference. A reference. this is the 90s. Films, look, film had been around for give or take 100 years at this point, okay? Mm. So a lot of these 90s movies took that into account, that film goers are smart. They get all the cliches, twists, all that kind of stuff. Again, cinematic literacy rates were through the roof, right? But they also did a good job of keeping you guessing as to who or whom the killer was or killers are. Yes, Right? <laughs> the whodunit angle is fantastic. Everybody's a suspect. I like that. Oh, yeah. Like, they even did it with the cop. Uh, like, the sheriff, where he's smoking a cigarette, he throws it down, does he's his, got the boots. Like, burn the boots. Like, burn, burn, They yeah, did the same burn, thing with, burn, like, Henry Winkler. Burn, 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 yeah, burn, I never burn, thought I'd die alone. It was the 90s, bro. Yeah. Everything was... Fucking, you know, you just feel a lot. Yes. And that's what the sheriff was feeling. Yeah, even Henry Winkler, for a second, they have you thinking that maybe he's Ghostface. Right? His death, by the way. Mm-hmm. Let's play that. Okay. Because you know, they, the fact that they killed Vinnie Barbarino the way they did in this movie. His Fonz jacket is actually in that closet. 
Is it? Yep. That's great, man. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know. That's cool, man. No, is it really, though? Yeah. That's awesome. It was one of my facts. <laughs> oh, that's not facts. I'm just going through what I remember to... Don't worry. You have a segment all for you now called Facts from Beyond the Scenes. Okay. God. Never been this upset. Fred pops up in this, yeah. wearing the sweater. Which is Wes Craven, actually. Was that Wes Craven in yeah, that? Yeah, that's Wes Craven. Yes. Let me see. I'll be the judge. No, Hello? it is. Let me see. I'll be the judge. If it's not, you are fired. Okay? Okay. Okay. Damn little shits. Would you call me? Huh? That's Wes Craven. That is Wes Craven. That's Wes Craven. That is. That's Wes Craven. That's Wes Craven. I'm craving some Wes Craven. Craven, Craven. Craven on Craven. So he's looking around the office. He's like, where are these people? What's happening? This is weird. That's for not leaving when Richie left. <laughs> uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street references are great, and they are a plenty. Let's talk Ghostface for a second. His look is fantastic. Black coat, sharp knife, white mask. Yeah, the dude's well, a the time great bomb. thing is... <laughs> oh, you talked over my rancid reference. Oh. Wow. I thought you'd dig that. Like, when I was writing that note, I was like, I wrote in the column right here, Phil's gonna dig this, and you just talked right over it. Can I try it again? Yeah. His look is fantastic. Black cloak, sharp knife, white mask. Yeah, the dude's a time bomb. Ah. Can't even fake laugh. Fucking go on. Go on. No, go on. Okay, so anyway. No, go on. You sure? It's all about you, dude. It's all about me. So... Wait a minute. Three off. <laughs> yeah, you Moving threw on. me off. God damn it. The knife is a modified Buck 120, which apparently was a popular hunting knife at the time with an eight inch blade. Now, they eventually, it was discontinued in 1992 because hunters felt the blade was too long. Huh. They were like, I, I don't this, understand this, that. It's too damn good, this knife. You know? yeah, it's, isn't that like uh, what you need to take out the entrails of an animal so you can, like, you know, carve out the meat? Hey man, you know, you know hey, you cut some take it up with the off. American Hunting Association. Did you call I the might. DNR? Call yeah. them. I will call them. The mask itself was originally sold as the Peanut-Eyed Ghost Mask. <laughs> Peanut-Eyed. It was originally inspired by Edvard Munch's The Scream painting and was put out by Fun World in the early 90s. And it was just another dumb mask you could find at, uh, you know, say, Party City next to, like, horny British spy man costumes. Because yeah. they, they'd get sued if they, if they called it Austin yeah, Powers, yeah, yeah. you know. Apparently, Wes Craven, and I looked into this, and I saw conflicting reports about this, but apparently Wes Craven found an old, discarded, peanut-eyed ghost mask during location scouting for Scream. He loved it. It gave him a bad case of whap. 
He wanted it for Scream, so Dimension, the studio uh, for the film, went to Fun World and said, hey, look, we want to get the rights to use this mask in a new movie we're doing. Please say yes. Our director has been hospitalized for a severe case of WAP. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Fun World said some astronomical price, right? So no deal. You are the weakest link, right? So Craven yeah. was like, okay, we need a mask, Right, you get the guy has to have a mask, or the guys, or the girls. We don't know, you know, it's a whodunit. So he goes to KNB Effects Group. Okay, that's a, now that's a special effects company founded by check out these titans, Robert Kurtzman, who worked on Dream Warriors, Predator, Evil Dead Two, Tremors. Okay, so he's for, got a pretty good resume. Oh yeah, for special effects. Yeah, Greg Nicotero of Walking Dead fame. Right, and Howard Berger. Also of Walking Dead fame. Also won a Best Makeup Oscar for the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, these three FX geniuses put their heads together to make a mask design. All right, some were similar to Ghostface, but some were kind of fucking wackadoo. The link is in the description so you can look at them. Suffice it to say, the mask designs weren't used because Fun World and Dimension, they eventually worked out a deal. Right, And Wes Craven eventually recovered from his bad case of WAP, and he was able to make the film. Good for him. And that mask and the accompanying costume was 1996's best-selling Halloween costume. It's an effective costume. The eyes are expressive in a, like a weird, sad way with a distorted mouth. I mean, it's unsettling. It really works, It, it really is. Like, it looks cheap, but at the same time, it looks terrifying. Yeah. And why would it not be? It's someone with a fucking knife that's hiding their identity of course it doesn't have to be some big like lugging oaf kind of character with a hockey mask or like michael myers or like you know like a burnt guy like freddie just just get a hokey little halloween costume and go out there and do it are you telling people to go do this no i'm not okay didn't like don't don't do that (laughs) i'm just saying that's what that's what it was yeah because this movie has been accused of creating copycat killers yeah, I've read about that. If you were a slasher, what would your getup be? Um, I would just wear. I have this werewolf mask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? No, no, I'm I'm gonna be the slashing luchador. Oh, I'm gonna wear one of my early wrestling gimmick masks, which was the mask of Ultimo Dragon, a very popular Japanese wrestler came into America, did some things underappreciated for his work. Okay. But, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll understand. But, uh, yeah, just like this dragon kind of mask yeah. with like a latch kind of thing, like a buckle. So it stays on tight. Mm-hmm. It shows like, uh, the mouth, but that's it. Well, and some of the nose, what would your weapon be? Um, ba, 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 ba. Sharpened piece of rebar. Nice, dude. So you'd be called the slashing luchador. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, I have a knife, too. Uh, Sidearm. I would, I would be called... I'd be called booty. And I'd have an oversized butt, and I would just sit on screaming teenagers' faces and smother them. Okay. You know? Maybe booty and... You're like that lady in Texas, but without a tub, you just used your ass. I, what does that mean, the lady in Texas? You never heard about that? The lady in Texas that, like, drowned her kids in a fucking tub? 
Because they were being too loud? These, well, how loud were they? Pretty loud. <laughs> they Obviously. Oh, goodness. No, I was thinking more in a fun way. Like, I'm booty, gigantic butt. Mm-hmm. I have a southwestern chic, you know, with like nice boots. Okay. Belt buckle, right? 10-gallon foam hat. A rawhide jacket. Rawhide jacket, bright pink. With the tassels. With the tassels. And the... And this just gigantic booty, <laughs> right? And I would just sit on and I'd be like, here, you know? Okay, so you're like if uh, Cardi B dressed like Macho Man for Halloween? <laughs> yeah, or if we... No, if, if Cardi B dressed like, you know, John Wayne. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, and just sat on people's faces so hey they there, died. partner. My WAP is ready. <laughs> Would well, be called a bap. Okay, yeah. Well, no, it'd be a wab. And my wab is ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Halloween 1996. I didn't wear the ghost face costume. Even at nine, I was actually kind of a hipster. I was like, this is too popular a thing. I'm going to do my own thing this year. I'm not going to be the 10th ghost face that this, you know, out yeah. there on the streets. But Halloween 1999, I brought it back single handedly. But Jeremiah McCann, my childhood best friend, he also wore uh, he also wore one. But this one had a clear plastic mold over the ghost face, where he he would hit this little pump and fake blood would come running down it. It was boss. Dude. There was like some neon ones too that came out like like weird ones. Yeah, man. The, 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 I'm telling you, ghost face was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. We're gonna take one more break, and when we come back. Let's do some facts from beyond the scenes. Phil, are you ready? I am. Well, then let's do some facts from beyond the scenes. All righty. Well, here's one that's pretty disturbing and alarming, which I'm glad it's a thing. Uh, the use of caller ID increased more after the release of the film. Seriously? Yeah, that's amazing. I remember oh, when we got it. Can you guys hear the? Can you guys hear the neighbor's dog barking? The neighbor's hound. That's uh, the hound of the Baskervilles. That's what happens when you record your podcast outside during a pandemic. Yeah, it happens. All right, just oh, bear with us. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jamie Kennedy was chosen for the role of Randy because he would improvise his humor into his lines and. Wes Craven would laugh and he loved it. He'd go, ooh. Yeah, he's a smart one. I like him. I like him. Send him to my office afterwards. Is there a Mrs. Randy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. About 50 gallons of blood was used. That's a lot of blood, man. That's a lot of blood. 50 gallons. The human body body only has 49 gallons of blood. So that extra gallon, that's crazy. I don't even know that. That's, yeah, man. Hey, that's my own fact from beyond the scene. Okay, get this. Kevin Williamson first offered the role of Sydney to Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald turned it down because she said she'd rather not play a high schooler at the age of 27. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Even though Skeet Ulrich was 25, I think, when he did this. I guess she was like, I don't want to play a teenager anymore. I'm hey, past I understand. that. I was the 80s. Yeah, teen she, icon. I'm yeah, good. Exactly. I don't want to. Yeah, I exactly. totally get it. Sure, man. More power okay, to Okay, well... Melissa Joan Hart and Brittany Murphy, they actually both auditioned for the role of Sydney. Really? Mm-hmm. That would have been something. Brittany Murphy would have been great. Yeah, yeah. 
What's funny is this, Freddie Prince Jr. auditioned for Stu. I was like, I can see that. I could see him more of a, like, the Skeet Ulrich part. Interesting. That'll be interesting when we get around to doing uh, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's funny, though, Matthew Lillard and him, uh, Freddie Prince, were in Scooby-Doo together. So that's that's that Scooby-Doo connection, man. Ooh. Six degrees of Scooby-Doo. Brecken Meyer and Jason Lee tried for the role of Randy. Both of them are annoying, so that would have worked very well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reese Witherspoon turned on the role of Sydney. Reese Witherspoon. I've never heard of her. Again, she was in I've, some election. Right. Okay. Right. She's nah, the I one she was from Alaska. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. One who could see Russia from her back porch. Yeah. What a shame. What a weird country. Tracy Flick, I can see Russia from my back porch. See, that's what I'm saying, man. We need to do this politics podcast, yeah? All right. Um, Brooke Shields was nearly cast as Gail Weathers after Janine Garofalo turned the role down. Janine Garofalo would have been great. Janine Garofalo would have been great. Okay, so if Janine Garofalo was cast and it was still David Arquette, what would their, if if they became a couple, what would their name be? Janine Garofalo. Garofalette. 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 Yeah, okay. And it would be... That sounds like a weird omelet. Javid Garofalette, I would imagine, is probably what the Daily Post would do. Probably. Who knows? What else you got? That's it. That's it? That's it. Well, that's it for... What was it called again? Facts from beyond the scenes! <laughs> I literally did not know. Yeah, It's a new bed we got. Uh, Phil, it's been a minute since we checked in with old Siskel and Ebert, because Phil, you and I are, and I hope you don't mind me speaking for you. Is that okay if I speak for you? Sure. A lot of people to, do. I, do. Do you mind? Because I look, I'm just going to speak for you real quick, and believe me, it'll be respectful, okay? No problemo. Phil and I are quite probably the stupidest people who have ever walked the earth. We don't know what makes a good or a bad movie. That's why we turn to critics. So let's turn to the two greatest critics who have ever lived, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, and see what they thought about the film Scream. I have seen lots of horror films, and I did enjoy it because for once, the teenagers weren't making the same old stupid mistakes. Nope. They were making new stupid mistakes. Yeah, well, I've seen a lot of horror films too. Probably the same exact number as you. And I didn't get into the. I didn't get into the picture. I don't think it's really as much of a clever satire as you're suggesting because I think that it starts out as a as a slasher film and then adds this other material, this knowing material. But you still have to sit there, even if you're hip to the satire, Roger, and watch. Girls being stalked, ripped apart, and it isn't fun. So the attitude that I brought, which is always neutral to a picture, was depressed at the 25-minute mark in this film. And I, you know, smiled knowingly at what the film was saying, but I didn't learn anything. I don't think it starts out as a slasher film. It starts out already as a satire. For example, the use of the big glass patio doors in the background for the telephone call. While you're you're noticing the glass patio doors being shattered, I'm noticing No, I'm noticing the fact that they're there. And I'm noticing... A body getting shattered, and I'm not going on the high horse against well, you. Well, just- much like my favorite banana-centric dessert, they seem split, Phil. Uh. <laughs> All right, Phil. I mean, you know, 
Oh, sorry. Uh, who did it? It turns out it was Skeet Ulrich and uh, nah. uh, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. As a stew. And it turns out that they actually are the ones who killed Sydney's mom because Sydney's mom had cheated with Skeet Ulrich's dad, precipitating the divorce, and also that they're just fried 90s they're brains. Just, Kids yeah. just raised on slasher movies, man. It's that whole, like, watch out, the teenagers are dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. totally plays into that, and it oh, plays yeah. into it so well. But the the way they make it to where you totally think it's Skeet Ulrich, and then they do enough to where you're like, oh, it's not Skeet Ulrich, mm-hmm. because why would he look so guilty so early in the movie? And be arrested. My thing with it is... The cell phone, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, remember the scene at the video store, though, where it's Stu and Randy talking to each other? Sure. And Randy is saying that it's, um, it's... Probably Skeet Ulrich, which is uh, which is Billy Billy Loomis, by the way, and, and his obvious, whole and thing, obvious. Hold on, yeah. Billy Loomis, an obvious reference to Billy Halloween. Loom- yeah, but he pointed out it's because he's in the horror section. I'm like, he's macking on two girls too at the same time. It's like you can obviously see he doesn't give a shit about Sydney. Yes, that's another thing that's really interesting. I agree, I agree. But they do a really good job. They do making you guess who done it, and then you find out it's them, Matthew Lillard. When they're stabbing each other to make it look like they were attacked and all yeah. that, and they're bleeding out, and Matthew Lillard is so funny and psychotic <laughs> in that scene. Oh, my God. My parents are going to be so mad at me. Oh, he's so good in this. I mean, look, Skeet, not take away from Skeet Ulrich, but Matthew Lillard owns that scene. Yeah. That I is love his the scene. fact that's the one thing, that's the top priority that you're worried about is that your parents are going to be angry. No, you literally killed a bunch of people. Yeah, but they clearly <clears throat> don't care about that. They're just teenagers still. And they I, just don't want to be in that's like, what grounded when it's the pot and the sex and the rock and roll. That's what I've been saying, man. All right, Phil, what are we giving this mug? I'm gonna give it a five ghost face and five Michael Myers. You can't give a ghost face to scream. Okay, well, that's I'll like give it feeding five... a chicken a chicken sandwich. Okay, well, I give it five Michael Myers and okay. five Norman Bates. I really like that. I'm going to give it head. No. Uh, let's see. I give it... Hmm. I mean, look, dude. This revived and revamped and reworked the slasher genre for a new generation. Fuck it. I'll give it an ice cold Pepsi and a warm and wet smooch on the cheek. Okay. <laughs> and a firm handshake. Okay, good. Slap on the back. Yep. A little pop on the tuchus. A little pop on the tuchus. <laughs> you know? And I'll... Hoist it up on my shoulders. Yes, you will. And, you know, and, and scream. And scream the movie. Uh, all right. You got anything else? That's it. Well, then, that brings this week's episode of Evil to a close. But fret ye not for next week, Halloween week. Call it Halloween. We bring to you a movie almost no other film or horror related podcast has ever covered John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> Remember to rate and review us for a free Slasher Movie Podcast Now coffee mug. Just screenshot your review and email it to us at slasherpod at gmail.com. And we'll ship it to you right away. John Guts of Egg Harbor City, New Jersey did it. And now his coffee mug runneth over with blood. Or Sanka. 
Yeah. I don't know him. Decaf. I don't know him, but Jay Guts, we thank you from the bottom of our blackened hearts. And as we retreat to our den of dismemberment, we bid you adieu. Or as we like to say... Keep on slashing. We say that. We do. We do say that. We do. You should say it faster when I queue you up. It's a fucking home run for you, and yet you fucking took too long. Sorry, keep on slashing. Just keep on doing it. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.